Well, good morning, everybody. Um, once again, welcome to Cross Central Church to our uh, podcast and our uh, Sunday morning message. As we continue our journey through the, the gospel, the book of Romans, where the gospel is clearly laid out for us, revealed for us, as Paul writes to the Roman church uh, to explain and to get them aligned with him on his gospel. He's writing so that they'll understand his message. They'll understand his writing so that they will know uh, the gospel that he preaches. And he plans to visit them and then move on to Spain so that the, the, the message of Jesus Christ will advance to the ends of the earth. And so last week we saw Paul reminding us why we need the righteousness of God so desperately. A righteousness that comes from God alone. And the reason is because the wrath of God is being revealed. The <clears throat> righteous anger of God is being re- revealed against the sinfulness and the rebellion of all mankind. And so Paul is taking us on a journey, as we saw last week, to chapter 3, where he'll reach the conclusion that there is no one righteous, not even one. We need to fully understand how desperate and broken our world is before we can fully understand how that desperately we need the salvation that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, how deeply every area of our life is affected by sin and, and, and its effects on the human heart, it needs to really strike us uh, so that we will fully understand how desperately and how dependent we are on God for His salvation. And only then, I think, once we get uh, the severity and how serious sin is, do we fully understand what God has done uh, by sending His Son to die on the cross for us. And Paul says that men and women are without excuse. We've got no excuse because creation reveals... Creation itself has revealed the invisible qualities of God, His eternal power and His divine nature. So His fingerprints and His footprints are all over, Paul says. God has made Himself known. And He reveals Himself to mankind. And yet intentionally, deliberately, mankind continue to choose to ignore Him. And so even now, God's righteous anger is being revealed And even today, God's uh, uh, um, anger burns against sinfulness and against this rebellion. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so He hates sin. Uh, It cost His Son His life. And still, so so sin is still an enemy to God. And God's anger burns and is being poured out, Paul says, uh, against sinfulness. And these are the consequences, uh, terrible consequences of ignoring God and ignoring His great salvation. And so as we get to verses 21 to verse 32 of Romans chapter 1, we are going to see and experience and hear some of the terrible consequences uh, that befall mankind if, when, when we live in rebellion to God, when we live as enemies of God. Um, and uh, it's a very difficult passage to hear because so often we want something that's encouraging. We want something that tells us about the love and the grace and the mercy of God. And, and that is all there. But in this little section that we're hearing this morning, it's a section that explains why the world is so broken. It's a section that Paul gives us a very clear picture of why we see what we see happening around us. And we shouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, this little section of Scripture is one of the best explanations for me, biblical explanations of why our world is so, uh, so broken and why we are seeing the depravity around us. And uh, it's a great reminder that even this is under God's control. So even the depravity, the messed up world that we see around us, well, it's there for a reason. It's happening for a reason. 
And Paul gives us this reason uh, in chapter 1, verses 21 to 32. And I've called this message the dark exchange, the dark exchange. And you will see why in a few moments. But let's read the passage of Scripture and let's hear what Paul has to say. So here God's word is written in Romans chapter 1 uh, from verse 21 through to the end of verse 32. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds and animals and reptiles. And therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. and Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. And furthermore, since they did not think it's worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He gave them over to depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They became filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips and slanderers and God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil, <coughs> and they obey, disobey their parents. <coughs> Sorry. And they are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. And although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Just so far. Well, let us pray. Father, we thank you that as we come to your word, we know it is the truth. As we come to your word, Lord, we know that it is uh, the truth of God revealed. And uh, although it's sometimes hard-hitting, <clears throat> we know that although the truth is sometimes unpopular, Father, thank you that we have your word and we pray that you would give us hearts that would be broken to hear, ears that would listen, and that we would adjust and change our lives accordingly. Oh, Father, would you cut us to the heart with regards to the seriousness of sinfulness. Show us how serious sin really is, that we might see how glorious your gospel is this morning. Thank you for these words that, that Paul has penned for us as a clear explanation of why our world is in such a messed up state today. And we pray that we would get it, that we would understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luther coined the phrase, the great exchange. So Luther called, uh, he spoke of the great exchange. And this is when he spoke of this righteousness that, from God that is revealed that we saw in verse 17. Uh, and that righteousness that is given to us as a gift. A great exchange takes place when we believe in Jesus Christ. And listen to what Martin Luther had to say about this great exchange. He says, This is the mystery which is rich in divine grace to sinners, wherein by a wonderful exchange our sins are no longer ours but Christ's, and the righteousness of Christ not Christ's but ours. 
He's emptied himself of his righteousness that he might clothe us with it and fill us with it. And he's taken our evils upon himself that he might deliver us from them. So Martin Luther spoke of this great exchange that takes place when we believe in Jesus, we are given his righteousness and our sinfulness is taken upon himself. But sadly here in Romans chapter 1, we see Paul speaking of another great exchange that takes place. An exchange that takes place when men deny the truth. When men and women reject the truth, suppress the truth, and choose to ignore the salvation, salvation, the grace, and the mercy of God. And I've called it this dark exchange that takes place in Romans chapter 1. So there's a man, mankind exchanging, uh, exchanging something when they deny the truth. And we see that in verse 21, verse 25, and verse 28. Notice what verse 21 says, They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 25 again, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. And verse 28, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, to keep the knowledge of God. You see, there's a deliberate intentional rejection of God that is happening in our world around us. In Romans chapter 1, Paul speaks of this deliberate internal rejection of God by humanity. And so we exchange the truth of God. We give up the truth of God for a lie. We give up the worship of God for images and idols. And we give up the special understanding of knowing God. We give up the, the, the uniqueness of being in relationship with God, we abandon it, we walk away from it. And we pretend and we live as though God doesn't exist. You see, there's this great exchange that's taking place. We're giving up the truth for lies. We're giving up the, a God for idols. We're laying down our understanding and our knowledge of God. And, and Paul says this it's, uh, arouses the anger of God. This arouses the wrath of God in verse 18. The wrath of God is being poured out. And so normally when we think of judgment and wrath, we have pictures of lightning bolts and thunder and voices from heaven. But notice God's response in these verses to mankind exchanging truth for lies. In verse 21 to 32, it's even more frightening. It's it's even a more scary picture than thunderbolts and lightning and judgment from heaven. Now you see how God is pouring out his wrath in uh, in these verses? Paul says God merely hands people over to what they desire. God gives them the very thing that they are wanting. He doesn't intervene. He just hands them over to it. You see that in verse 24, God's response, Because of this, therefore, God gives them over to the sinful desires of their hearts. Verse 26, Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Because of this, verse 28, he gave them over to a depraved mind. You see what God is doing in response to sin and man's willful, intentional disobedience and rebellion and exchanging the truth of God, laying down the truth of God, ignoring the truth of Scripture. 
Well, God gives them over to sinful desires, to sinful hearts. God gives them over to shameful lusts. And God gives them over to depraved minds. And when we look around the world today, we know that something is wrong with our world. When we look around at our world, we see people doing the most terrible things to each other. We see so many levels of depravity and evil. We, we look around us and we are shocked by what we see, by the murder, the rape, the violence against women. We, 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 we listen to language that is, that is shocking. We see people's hate for one another, racism, prejudice, xenophobia. And you see what Paul is saying? Paul is saying that all comes from a sinful heart, a desire, sinful desire of a heart. It comes from shameful lusts and a mind that is totally and deeply affected by sin. See, God is in the process of handing people over to the very things that they choose and they desire. The very things that they pursue. And so we need to be very careful. We need to be guarding our hearts and guarding the truth and loving the Word of God. And don't we notice those three stages of this downward depravity of mankind? Those three steps, uh, exchanging truth, uh, uh, for, for, uh, exchanging God for the worship of idols, exchanging truth for a lie, not keeping the knowledge of, of God. And, and so a sinful heart be, uh, ends up becoming shameful lusts, which ends up gripping the mind and leading to total depravity. And so let's start by looking at these three steps that, or these three statements that Paul makes that are in these verses. And so the first thing we notice is that in this, the cycle of depravity and sinfulness, we see humankind exchanges the glory of God for the foolishness of idolatry. People exchange the glory of God for the foolishness of idolatry. Do you see that in verse 21? For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, foolish, their hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Isn't it interesting? They knew God. People know God. And they knew God. Remember, He's revealed Himself, Paul has said, in creation and also through His Word. But they refused to glorify Him as God. They refuse to give thanks to Him. And how often do you and I know people um, who know God, they know about God, and yet they choose to ignore His Lordship. How many people don't we know that begin on a journey with God and then just end up walking away? See, many people out there know the truth. They know what uh, the gospel, they've heard it so many times, but yet they choose to live lives where Christ is not glorified or given his rightful place. And the result, according to Paul, is that uh, of a life for that, where, where God is not included, where not is God, God is not honored, well, that life becomes futile in its thinking and, and our hearts become foolishly darkened. See, our hearts and our minds are corrupted by sin and disobedience. A life without God is futile. That little word means it's almost pointless, it's meaningless, it just becomes worthless in a way because... God is not part of it. In verse 22, they claim to be wise, yet they became fools. How many amazingly intelligent, wise, just wonderful people, wise-sounding men and women out there with very powerful arguments 
but yet are living without God or any reference to God, with no reference to the gospel, God's word, or acknowledging his lordship. You see, you can be the most uh, qualified student. You can be the most top-class businessman. You can be the, the world's greatest scientist. But if you do not have Jesus Christ and the truth of God as your central pivot in your life, well, according to Paul, you've become a fool. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord, the fear of God, is the beginning of true knowledge and wisdom. And verse 23, we see people exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. So idolatry in Paul's day was, was so clear. People would be worshipping idols. They would, make, they would manufacture idols from wood and stone and they would bow to them. They would worship these idols and they would worship them as God. Uh, but in our day today, idols are very different, aren't they? Idols don't necessarily need to be a statue in front of you. Idols are everything that, that take their, their place uh, over and above the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Idols are things that become so important to us that they push God out of our lives. Idols are things that become so important that they reduce the significance of God's truth in our lives. And we see many of them today. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 8, uh, Jonah says, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. You see, when we begin to pursue things, a job, a career, success, more than we pursue Jesus, it becomes idolatry. A good thing becomes a God thing and so it becomes a bad thing because it's become idolatrous. The worship of idols can be described as blind or excessive devotion to something. Excessive devotion. And don't we see that in our world today? People worshipping their own bodies. The gym becomes more important than the study of God's word. Uh, our status, our financial position. We pursue money. We pursue all these things. And what do we do? Well, we deliberately abandon God. We, we begin to seek to satisfy our souls, our hearts, find our fulfillment in, in, in different things. And anything that prevents us from glorifying God and giving Him His place in our lives, the place that He deserves, is idolatry. And Paul says, People exchange the glory of God. We give up the glory of knowing Jesus for enjoyment and pleasure that's only temporary. And notice God's response to people who, who have pushed them out of their lives, who willfully and deliberately choose to worship things of this world rather than God himself. And God gives them over, verse 24, to their sinful desires. God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity. For the degrading of their bodies with one another. See, God gives mankind over to these sexual desires and these sinful lusts that they have. And of course, this, this, uh, this behavior that Paul describes in verse 24 of the, the degrading of their bodies one with another was often related with temple worship, pagan temple worship at the time, where temple prostitution was, was so rough, it was, it was so prevalent in the worship of, of idols in Paul's day. And today in our world, don't we see the same? Our world is consumed by sex. Sex. Everywhere we look, there's just sex, 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 sex cells. And the more and more we are confronted with, aren't we? Listen to these statistics for a second that might shock you. You know that pornography is a $14 billion a year industry and growing. $14 billion a year. 
And Pornhub, one of the industry's biggest providers, claims their site streamed 75 gigabytes of data a second. That's enough to fill 175 million iPhones and is a total of 87.8 billion views. Isn't what Paul's saying so true in our world today? People are given over to their sexual appetites and cravings. And no matter where you look, no matter what you watch, everything is just sexually charged and driven. And Paul says this is because God has handed them over to their lusts and their passions as they exchange the worship of the Creator for created things. And so that's the first step we see, the first uh, statement we see in Romans chapter 1, the exchanging of the glory of God for the foolishness of idolatry. But notice secondly, verse 25, how people also have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Exchanging God's truth for lies. Do you see that in verse 25? They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. See, people give up worshipping Jesus and instead start worshipping men and women. Start worshipping each other, making themselves the center of their worship, making themselves more important than God. We, we, the worship things get the honor and the glory. Get the worship of men and women. So we're no longer worshipping the Creator, but we're worshipping created things. And don't we see that even in the church today? We see the so-called worship of what, what are often termed men and women of God. Our, our idea of the men and women of God is total idolatry. So on church walls, you don't see the name Jesus anymore. You see the pastor's face, the man of God. The man of God becomes so powerful. He can say what he likes. He can teach what he likes. And yet people flock to him and worship him. The man of God can be accused of sexual abuse and be abusing young women and yet his followers devotely cry at his trial and call out his name. You see, we've given up the worship of Jesus Christ. We've given up the worship of God and instead of finding ourselves worshipping men and women of God, we worship our pastors, we worship our leaders, we, we turn them into God. Their word becomes more important to us than the word of God itself. See, people have so often become the center of faith and worship, isn't it? It's no longer about God. It's all about the performance, about the band, about the music, about us. You see, we've exchanged the truth for a lie. And God is even pushed out of our lives, out of our churches and out of our world. And how often don't we see the truth of God not sacrificed on the, the altar of being non-judgmental and on the altar of emotion? Oh, don't be so judgmental. When you speak the truth to somebody. Oh, don't be so narrow-minded, people say, when you speak God's truth, even in love. See, the truth of God's word in our world today is not seen as God's revelation and final authority anymore. You have learned so-called Christians on TV telling us how the Bible is only a historical book. It's not actually the spirit-filled revelation of God. You have shows like National Geographic trying to convince us that Jesus was not really God, but just a, good, uh, just a good man, just a man that cared about social justice, an activist, a political activist, and that's all he was. And so we have the lies being propagated every single day on our TVs, on our screens, 
and God's word consistently being challenged. And we each have our own version of the truth the word tells us. So, so your dreams are equal to God's word. So you have a dream, it becomes authoritative in your life over and above what God's word. It's never tested against the Bible. The voices in our head, our experience, take, take the final authority in our lives and our relationship with God. And what happens? God's authority, God's word no longer has authority over our lives. And so we live our lives according to personal revelation. See, what Paul is talking about is how humanity and even the church is exchanging the truth of God for lies of the world. And our televisions are full of Christian channels where pastors stand up preaching absolute lies. And yet they are loved and they are believed. You see, folk, we need to understand in our world today, the world is exchanging this truth, giving it up. And, and we, need to, we need to be taking back uh, the truth of God. The truth matters. The truth of the gospel matters today. The truth of gospel ultimately is what sets us free. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus Christ is the truth. We can't move away from it. We can't get away from it. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, uh, Jesus said, Yet a time is coming and, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. See, what, who, who does Jesus call true worshipers? Those who worship in spirit and who value the truth. These, Jesus says, are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and the worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. See, what we believe, folk, is vitally important. What we hold up as truth is fundamental in our worship of God. In John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, what is the truth that Jesus is talking about? Well, he's talking about his teaching. He calls it, this is the truth, and this truth will set you free. And folks, sometimes we don't like hearing the truth. This truth of Romans chapter 1, as we read it, it makes us uncomfortable. It even gets us locked up in jail when we preach it. The church is not being allowed to preach on texts like Romans chapter 1. These, these verses are being challenged by the world. As the world tries to convince us that the truth no longer matters, that it's not important, that, it's, that we've misunderstood it. But you see, what does Jesus say? If you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. And folk, it's going to get harder and harder for you and I. To hold to the truth as the world abandons the truth of God. In John chapter 16 verse 12, Jesus says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. The Spirit will direct us back to the truth of God. If, the Spirit, if, you, if you, you get a revelation, a dream or whatever, and it is not in line with Scripture, it is not from the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God will direct us back to the truth of Jesus' words of God's word and he will guide you in that truth you see folk when we abandon the truth of God's word our world falls into chaos when we abandon the truth of God the truth of scripture we see the terrible consequences don't we? we see what the lies have done we see what the lie did in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam and Eve abandoned the truth of God's word and believed the lie that Satan brought and of course the Bible calls Satan the father of all lies 
And so there is so much fake news out there. There are so many lies and the world are making the lies truth. And notice what uh, happens when, when we abandon the truth. God simply gives us over to the lies that we choose to believe. See, when we abandon the truth, all things become acceptable. Everything is okay. And the things that God defines as sinful, the boundaries that God puts in place are forgotten. They are torn down, ignored, and even celebrated. We even celebrate things today that God has declared to be sinful. You know why? Because we've abandoned the truth. Do you see that verse 26 and 27? Because of this, because of abandoning the truthful lie, God gives them over to what Paul calls shameful lusts. And notice what these shameful lusts are. Some of these are. Women will exchange natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandon natural relations with women. And when inflamed with lust for one another, men committed indecent acts with men and received in themselves a due penalty for their perversion. You see how Paul describes these actions by God? God gives them over to these shameful lusts. And so humankind exchanges what God defines as natural relations and they give up those natural relations for what Paul calls unnatural ones. And the Greek text here literally means they exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, for those that are standing against what is natural. Paraphysis. Paraphysis. Contrary to nature. And we know that God created men and he created women in his image. But we sadly see how this image is now broken, distorted and confused. See, when we abandon the truth of God, anything goes. When we abandon the truth of God, everything becomes acceptable. And we begin to live with a so-called new normal. We accept it and we embrace it. In fact, we are called back to the truth, to speak the truth in love. You see, when we begin to live by our own truth, we define the truth, not God. Our tr truth becomes, uh, and our truth nowadays comes from social media. Our truth nowadays comes from the world. Our truth nowadays comes from those who hate God. And as a result, what do we see? Well, we see the world is in a mess. The world is in confusion. People are given over to the lust of the flesh. See, in fact, all this confusion around sexuality and sexual identity, the confusion that exists in our world around what genders there are. I think they've, they've said there's something like 50 defined genders now. Well, what does Scripture say? Well, God says man created male and female. Male and female, He created them. You see, when we abandon the truth of God, when we begin to live according to our own truth, we get the chaos, the confusion, and the mess that we see around us. And what does God do? God simply hands us over to that truth, to those lies, if we choose to deliberately ignore Him. The moment we depart from the truth, we arouse the anger and the wrath of God. The truth of God's Word matters, folk. It is the plumb line that we are called to hold to and live by. And if you are a believer here this morning listening to this message, I want to call you back to hold to the authority and the truth of Scripture. 
Scripture says of itself, it is God-breathed, it is authoritative, it is the revealed Word of God. And when we walk in obedience to God, we experience the joy of living in our world. We experience the wisdom of living in a world that is broken. We experience the peace that passes all understanding. When we walk in obedience to God, Jesus says we are the wise man and wise woman. Folk, let us never, ever, ever give up on the truth that God's word is the final authority over all men, over all visions, over all dreams, over all truth. God's word is his final authority, his revealed word, his spirit-inspired word. It is the word that is a sharper than a two-edged sword, that cuts to the heart, that, that speaks to us, that changes us, that transforms us, that molds us, that directs us. And folk holding to God's word is going to become more and more unpopular and even more and more hated. And we see that in our world today. When you speak scripture, you are hated. We see that in, a, in, a, in, in, in America taking place at the moment. The Bible is under attack. Christians and the church are under attack. They are being labeled as outdated, old school, narrow-minded, bigots. All these phrases are being used of, of those who simply believe and hold on to God's word. Not willing to trade God's word for the lies of the world. See, many of us folk, more and more of us, are going to be persecuted for standing for the truth of God's word, especially in this area of sexuality, especially in the area of tolerance and acceptance. And when we hold to God's word, we have to remain intolerant to sin and brokenness. See, the sexual confusion search for identity in our world today is a result of abandoning the truth of Scripture. Every area of our lives, folk, has to be brought in line with God's word and the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we see a man exchanging the glory of God for the worship of idols. We see men and women exchanging the truth of God for a lie and the disastrous consequences that flow from it. And then we see lastly men and women not considering it even worthwhile to keep or retain the knowledge of God in verse 28. Men and women just not thinking it's worthwhile following God or believing God anymore. <clears throat> you see that in verse 28. Furthermore, since they do not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. See, they, they did not think it important to even have God as part of their lives. And God is becoming more and more and increasingly unpopular in modern culture. The world does not believe it in, uh, in, in, in God any longer in many ways in the West. The world doesn't think it's important to even worship God or have any knowledge of God. And so atheism is on the rise. Agnosticism is on the rise, especially in the West. They did not think it worthy to retain the knowledge of God. It literally means they, they just decided that we're no longer going to acknowledge God. That's what it literally means, to acknowledge God. <coughs> in other words, it's like someone pretending they don't know you. They walk into a room, they see you, and they pretend they don't know you. They don't even acknowledge that you exist. That is the picture that Paul is using when he words, uses these little words, retaining the knowledge of God. 
And so although the world knows that God is there, it pretends He's not. It ignores Him. They don't want to even acknowledge God any longer. And is it incredible to watch how increasingly scientific knowledge and technology advancing in the world is being used to try and disprove the existence of God? God is painted as outdated, antique, uh, just a myth or a legend or uh, a, a pedestal that poor, weak people need to stand on. See, the world is trying to convince us of the non-existence of God because they do not believe that walking in fellowship and relationship with God is worth retaining. The world lives today as though God does not exist. And folk, that is why we see the brokenness that we see around us. That is why we see the hurt and the damage to families around us. That is why we experience such, such pain and hardship and suffering. Because sinfulness has gripped the heart of so many. Depravity has taken over. We've ignored God. We've walked away from God. A world that does not acknowledge its creator is a world that is broken. And notice when we choose to ignore God, to acknowledge God in our lives. Notice what happens in verse 28. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. See, what does God do? God gives them over to their minds, a depraved minds, broken minds. God hands them over to the very thing that they want to, to, to pursue. God, we don't want to acknowledge you. We don't even want to pretend you're there. Go away. And so God does. And isn't it amazing that human beings think up the most evil things to do with each other, do to each other? I can't understand this latest infatuation on DSTV. Uh, all these movies, these horror movies just coming out, more and more horror movies seem to be appearing on the screens. And people seem to love it. They love the blood. They love the gore. They love the pathology behind it. It's amazing how we are fascinated with evil. And when we look around us at human trafficking, when we look around us at brutality towards women in our country, when we look around us at our communities where people are uh, bodies are being beheaded and burnt in the middle of the streets. So the police standing watching helpless. When we look around us, people shooting people, killing people, stabbing people. You see, when we look around us, we see the depravity of the human mind. What the human beings are capable. We see it in moments in history with Stalin and, 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 and Hitler. We see it in mass murders. We see the depravity of the human mind in its natural state. See, that's the depraved mind, folk. And the mind is our greatest battlefield. The mind is the greatest place where the battle takes place. And it's the worst kinds of depravity that are thought up in the human mind. Notice verse 29 to 31, Paul says, They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And isn't that such a brilliant and accurate description of our world today? See, this is the product of depraved minds, minds that are naturally deeply affected by sin. 
See, folk, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to matters. Our ears and eyes are doorways to our minds. What you are watching is going to affect your mind. What you are listening to is going to affect your mind. And that's why we are called to meditate on God's Word. That's why we are called to fill our minds with the Word of God, with the Gospel. That's why we are called to be focusing and thinking and meditating day and night, according to Psalm 1, on God's Word. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Or hang out with the scoffers. But day and night he meditates on God's word. What does Psalm 1 say? He's like a tree planted by rivers of water that bears its fruit in season and out of season. See, isn't that the amazing thing? We are called to be different, to think differently. We are called to guard our minds. We are called to make sure that we are gospel-centered. But how gospel-centered is your home? How much of the gospel are your children being influenced by? Compared to their video games, their playstations, what they watch on TV. What are, we te- to, what are we allowing our children, our families to be exposed to? Because it's going to affect your mind. Is the depravity of the world creeping into your home, into your family, into your life, into your speech, into your thinking? Well, Paul calls us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's grace, in view of God's sacrifice, offer our bodies, we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to Him. For this is our spiritual act of worship. How we live is a spiritual act of worship to God. And Paul says, do not conform. Don't be shaped, molded by the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. See, folks, the battle starts in the mind. We are to be transformed, changed. We are allowed, called to allow the gospel, the worship of God, to change our minds, to grip our hearts, And cause us to live a life of non-conformity. To live differently. How conforming to the world are you you living today? Are you just following the pattern of the world? Or are you following the pattern of God's word in your life? And we see in verse 32, although they knew God, they know God's righteous decree. And those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. See, folks, what Paul is saying is as believers in Christ, living transformed lives, we cannot approve of the world's depravity. We cannot be sit back and be like those in verse 32 <coughs> that, that are not concerned. <coughs> Excuse me. We cannot be sitting back and approving of the depravity of the world. We cannot be sitting back and watching the world and approving of what is happening. See, that's conformity, isn't it? Conformity is not just doing the deeds, but it's also sitting back, doing nothing and approving them. And the world is trying to take us away from God, away from the truth of God. And folk, we cannot conform and we cannot approve. What are we called to be doing? Well, Matthew 28, we are called to be going into the world and speaking the truth. And may I add, in love. Not shouting the truth at people. But in loving relationship, in friendship, with care and concern for a broken world. With the love of Jesus Christ, we are to be speaking the gospel, living the gospel, allowing the gospel to become the truth and the ointment that that heals the broken heart. 
how we share the gospel is as important as what we say. But folk, we are called to be influencing, shaping the world like salt, influencing and shaping and changing the flavor of the food. We are called to be the light shining into the darkness. We are not called to conform. Now I wonder this morning, how are you doing on that front? Are you a shining light? Are you the salt? Are you living the gospel, believing the gospel, loving people, loving sinners, loving depraved, broken human beings, that they might experience the grace and the mercy of God and that the Spirit of God might do His work in their hearts? But as we read this picture in Romans chapter 1, I know it's been a hard morning, hasn't it? As you read this picture, you, you just look at the world and you say, Wow, Paul, you got it so right. All around us we see people exchanging the glory of God for idolatry, exchanging truth for lies, not even acknowledging you as God anymore. What a bleak, sad picture. See, and that's exactly how Paul wants us to feel right now. Paul wants us to realize how broken our world really is. Paul wants you and his eyes believers to, to realize desperately how, how messed up our world is and how desperately the world needs the truth and the hope of the gospel. See, this is the very reason we need Jesus. This is the very reason we need the gospel, which is the power of God to save people. The power of God to break through that idolatry. The power of God to tear down those walls of shameful lust and to melt even the hardest heart. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is, is the good news that grips the mind and transforms us and changes us. See, it's the power of God to salvation. And the world desperately needs Jesus. See, the church needs to be reminded we don't conform to the world. We don't approve of the world's behavior. No, we speak into it with the gospel, with the hope, with the truth of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's our vision. And sadly, many churches have forgotten that. Many churches are simply playing church. And we've forgotten the world out there, a broken world. Oh, may our hearts this morning be broken for the lost. May our hearts this morning be gripped with a desire to see hurting, broken, sinful human beings being restored and brought into fellowship with God, uh, brought into fellowship with Jesus Christ. But folk, as we look around our world today, the reason it is so messed up is because of rebellion and sin. The reason it is so messed up, verse 24, is because God uh, has been re re replaced by idolatry and idols. The reason it is so messed up is because people have abandoned the truth and are turning to lies. The reason it is so messed up is because people are just turning their backs on God, not even acknowledging His existence anymore. And so God gives people over to sinful lust of their hearts, to shameful lusts, and to a depraved mind. And that is why the world is so broken. And that is why the world needs Jesus that is why the world needs you to hold on to the truth, to worship the living creator and to be allow your mind to be transformed by his word that we can live and speak, influence, change and advance his kingdom here on earth right now. Let us pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. 
a hard word this morning, a word that is sobering, reminding us that we live in a world of rebellion to you, a world that hates you, a world that is, that is getting harder and harder to live by the truth. But I pray for us as believers this morning that we would take hold of the truth, hold on to the authority of your word, that no matter what pressure is brought to bear, that we would lovingly stand, that we would stand firm, that we would embrace Jesus Christ, know him, hold on to him, and his power, we would advance your kingdom until you return one day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.